0: Welcome to the Pursuing Life Podcast, I'm your host, Monica Kirsch. Every week I'll be sitting down with people from the Calvary Church family to hear stories of what God is doing in, around, and through them as they take intentional steps to pursue life in Jesus Christ. We believe that storytelling is powerful. God has made himself known to us through the stories of the Bible. Jesus told parables, or small stories, to teach kingdom lessons to his followers. And God continues to write stories of his goodness and faithfulness through the lives and experiences of his church, ordinary people, just like you and me. Today we're continuing in our rest series and we're welcoming Laura Lee Kinley back to Pursuing Life. Laura Lee serves as Calvary's communications manager, and you may remember her from episode 51 where she shared her testimony and about her work here at Calvary. Today, Laura Lee is back to share with us how Sabbath has become an important practice in her life. After reading John Mark Comer's book, The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry, she was deeply impacted and encouraged with some practical steps to regularly stop, rest, and worship. If you're interested in checking out this book for yourself, we'll link it for you in the show notes. But without further delay, let's hear from Laura Lee. Laura Lee, welcome back. Thank you. It's so good to be here. We were doing this almost exactly a year ago. Was it really? Yeah. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Did you ever think that I would coerce you into doing this again?
1: (laughs) No, honestly.
0: (laughs) But it's good to be here. Well, I'm thankful that you took the leap to... To talk about this, I know we've had a lot of conversations about what it looks like to rest and what it looks like to slow down. And I have this very vivid memory of driving somewhere with you. I can't remember where we were going. And you were talking about how so many people in our culture have this propensity to speed. Oh, yeah. And you were like, one of the ways that we can slow down is just go the speed limit. We're (laughs) not in a hurry to get anywhere. And I was like, What a profound way to think about slowing down. And I think that may have been like one of the first conversations we had about this topic.
1: Mm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I remember that conversation because that's one of the things in the book that I read that really brought new things to light about the Sabbath Mm -hmm. for me. He talked about that in the book about like slowing your life down. Yeah. Which I can kind of get more into that, but that was one of the th- like most tangible things. I was like, "Oh man, mm-hmm. this is like everywhere in society of like this hurriedness." And it was just one of the most tangible things of like, "Oh yeah, this is how I can
0: slow down today." Yeah. Cuz I mean, mm-hmm. let's be real. If I am driving behind somebody Going thirty five in a thirty five, I it's am like actually speed up. <laughs> I know when you go the speed limit, it is surprisingly like so hard to uh-huh. stay there. I know unless you're like on cruise control, yeah. but nobody's going to do that on like a city no. road. At least five over. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Yeah, yeah. But uh, okay, so I know that you read this book that changed the way that you view all of this. Mm-hmm. Before we get into that, can you give us Just a general overview of what you understand Sabbath to be. Yeah. So
1: for me, I think about the Sabbath as being a 24-time period where you intentionally stop and rest and worship. And by stopping is like stopping from doing, from working, from going, from hurrying, Mm. just to stop. And then replacing that with a lot of rest and a lot of worship Which those two things can look like a lot of different things. And we can get more into what that looks like for me or just in general what that might look like. But yes, that's what I would kind of say Sabbath is to me.
0: Yeah, we talked with Pastor Scott about how we want Sabbath to be one size fits all, but it really doesn't fit into Mm -hmm. that box. So Mm -hmm. I am really interested to hear what it looks like for you. Now, even before doing some like reading and research on the topic, when did the concept of Sabbath first take root for you? Yeah, so
1: I remember growing up, my family, there's four four of us. I have three siblings and then my parents. I remember growing up, they were very intentional about Sundays being a day of rest. Mm. And what that would look like for us, for what I remember, is just like a no work policy. So like no mowing the grass, no doing a lot of house chores. Like we just try to get all those things done on Saturday and Sunday would just be a lot of rest, relax, games, that kind of thing. But I think as I've moved into adulthood out of my parents' house, living on my own and having different conversations with friends who Some are for the Sabbath and some are kind of more against it or curious or not sure. I've had conversations with them and it's opened my eyes to kind of think of Sabbath from a deeper and richer place Mm. of not just a day where you stop working and you just like relax, have fun, play, which like those things can all be part of the Sabbath. But it's more of what I was saying before about a resting and worshiping from a deeper and richer place instead of just like binging on Netflix all day.
0: (laughs) Right. Uh, Yeah. Okay. So talk about that a little bit further. How did you come to that conclusion that it's something that's deeper, as you said, and how has your perspective changed and shifted into this new outlook? Yeah. So Um, One of the books
1: that I kind of mentioned earlier that I read last year is called The Ruthless Elimination of Hurry by John Mark Comer. And I had heard really good things about it. And as I was becoming more curious about Sabbath and if as a Christian I should do the Sabbath or if it's more of like an old tradition that we don't need to do anymore, This book really helped me understand the basis of Sabbath, what it means, where the idea of it came from, which is really rooted back in the Ten Commandments when the Lord commands you to rest and to Sabbath. And it was very impactful for me because in the book, he talks about following the rhythm of creation Mm -hmm. where God created for six days and rested on one day. And that's, we've continued that into our culture now, where I mean, we have a five day work week, and then Saturday is kind of like a free for all. Sometimes people work, sometimes they're not. But then Sunday is usually looked upon as like more of a resting kind of day. And it's so interesting when we go against that grain. And like, I think we see that a lot in our culture today, where people are just on the go. They're just hurried. They're always moving. They're always wanting the next thing, working really hard. And there's nothing wrong with working hard or doing those things. But if it comes to a point where you're compromising on your rest, and I mean, that can just lead to all sorts of problems with health and work-life balance and all the rest of it. So I think I became really interested in wanting to follow the rhythm that God put in place for us, even way back to creation, and just what that can mean for me in my own life. And I I really think that's how God even wired our bodies to be. In the book, John Mark talks about the science behind us as humans of like on the weekends, there's a reason why we want to sleep in and why our bodies feel like we need more rest. Mm. And It's just so interesting. I would definitely recommend this book to anyone who's really wondering about the Sabbath and want to dive deeper into it. There's also part of the book where they talk about hurry sickness, which goes back to when you were talking about the speed limit and driving slower. And that whole thing was really interesting to me too, which I know this podcast episode is more about the Sabbath, but a lot of the things in this book where he talks about Sabbath, but also silence and solitude, Mm. simplicity and slowing and how all of these things are so intertwined to who we are as humans and how we can actually live out our faith in a way where we are living from a place of rest and joy and peace that actually goes very much against the grain of culture Mm -hmm. (laughs) that we just see everywhere and even like a very Lancaster thing too which I'm not originally from Lancaster but I've heard a lot of people say like man this culture is just like a go 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 all the time like yeah. working really hard and I think we really need to stop and pause and reevaluate like why am I doing these things like is this lifestyle the best that the Lord has for us or am I missing something
0: yeah what's so interesting as you're talking about even how our bodies are wired to sleep and why we want to sleep in. And I have not read the book, so I didn't read what he said, but I'm thinking back to, you know, we talked about how for the Jewish people in the Old Testament, their Sabbaths started like the night before. So it included like a night of sleep. And then I'm even thinking about my dad just sent me this reel on Instagram like a week ago, and it was somebody talking about people who have like different sleep tendencies. So like some people have more of a tendency to fall asleep at like 9 PM and wake up at 6 AM and other people have more of a tendency to fall asleep at midnight and wake up at 8 AM or whatever it is. And it's like, I wonder if we really took a second to like sit back and marvel at how God has innately wired us for sleeping at certain times What we would do differently to like shape our days and our lives, especially when we're talking about a day like Sabbath.
1: Yes, that's so true. Yeah, the whole sleep thing and resting in that way is very like mind blowing to me because I'm not a science y kind of person. (laughs) Um, But it's crazy how, like, you just see how the Lord wired us in that way. And like some people, like you said, Sabbath isn't a one size fits all kind of thing. And so you might have to get to know yourself a little bit in that way of like, yeah, I think I'm more of like a night out kind of person. And so adjusting what your Sabbath or even like whole week looks like is just really important to do. And there's like no right or wrong in that. I think it's just really
0: knowing yourself and how God wired you. Yeah. Because nothing. That God created was haphazard, right? It was all very intentional and oh, for a reason. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So thinking through some of these concepts from the book, and there's a podcast that goes along with the book that you listen to as well. Correct? Yes. Yeah. It's called Fight, Hustle, and Hurry, and it's actually a podcast that John Mark
1: Comer and Jeff Bethke do together. And Jeff is another author. He also wrote a book on kind of stopping this hustle culture that we're in and why it's a problem and what the solution is. So they paired up and did this podcast together. And I think it's only 10 episodes long and the episodes aren't very long themselves, but that also, I think I listened to that two times through because it was so good. And hearing from the authors themselves and how they give you additional insight to what's in their book, but then some other thoughts that didn't make it into the book, Mm -hmm. things they want to kind of work out in conversation. That was also really, really good. So yeah, highly recommend that as well.
0: Yeah. So as you're reading this book, as you're listening through the podcasts, what were some things that resonated most with you personally that you have been able to put into practice or at least think through? potentially putting into practice in your life? Uh, Yeah, I think the one thing that I've
1: never really thought about the Sabbath before in this way, but it really is a gift to us from the Lord. Mm. And I love thinking about it in that way, because I think, first of all, it is true. Like it is truly a gift from the lord and he also knows us and like made us and wired us to be who we are so if we have this propensity to always be rushing and hurrying and just like go 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 all the time the lord knew we we're going to need some roadblocks and boundaries in that way which i think is one of the reasons why he put the sabbath in place for us mm. so thinking about sabbath in that way has really freed me up to enjoy it and really lean into it and see what it can do in my life and how it really can change me for the better. And I think there's this one quote from the book on page 222 that I just wanted to read because I thought it was so good. And it's talking about hurry sickness is what like the coined phrase for people who just have this propensity to hurry all the time, which like, I definitely fall into that category and I think we all do to some extent, but just recognizing that is really important and I think can help at least be like the first or one of the first things to kind of get us out of that hurried mindset. But the quote says, if we slow down both the pace at which we think and the pace at which we move our bodies through the world. Maybe we can slow down our souls to a pace at which they can taste and see that the Lord is good and that life in his world is good too. Hmm. Yeah, I just thought that quote was so good because it really is a slowing down of our minds, but then also our bodies so we can actually taste and see that the Lord is good and be free of distraction that so often accompanies hurriedness and just a very full schedule all the time. So I think that was something very impactful. And then in the book, he also mentions just different ways, different practical ways that we can go about our life to incorporate the Sabbath, slowing, um, silence, you know, all of these different things. So It's a lot to kind of work through in a podcast episode, but just leaning into those different things. I mean, even practical things like not looking at screens too much or going to bed earlier, you know, but a lot of that is kind of fleshed out in the book, which is great.
0: Yeah. I think it's overwhelming as somebody who maybe doesn't practice these things at the present moment Mm. to hear all of this and be like, oh my gosh, I have to do this all at (laughs) once. But how have you been able to take steps to implement some of these things in your life? Because I think what I'm finding to be true is that we've got to take baby steps. Yeah. We don't have to, you know, bite off more than we can chew all at once. So, how have you been able to do that in your life? I love that question. I think
1: at first it hit me the same way of thinking about Sabbath and thinking like, ah, like I have a schedule already. Like I have all these things in place. How am I actually going to do this? So, yeah. for me, I. Choose Sundays to be my Sabbath. And I have friends who do Sabbath on a Tuesday or a Friday, which I think can be whatever your schedule allows for. I think it can kind of shift around. But for me, Sundays are a great day to have a Sabbath because I am at church in the morning. So I'm filling my schedule with community, Bible reading, prayer, fellowship, all of those things. And then usually in the afternoon, it's Pretty free if I don't really have much planned, which gives me a lot of margin and flexibility to do maybe something different every weekend. Or I think for me, on the Sabbath, I really try to fill my day with things that I know will bring me life. And this is something that I've really thought through because I don't want to just, you know, sit in front of the TV and watch movies all day <laughs> because. At the end of that, I might think that's restful and fun and relaxing, but I often feel very empty at the mm. end of that, where I feel like I just wasted so much time, was not productive. What am I doing? Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, I often watch a TV show episode or a movie on the Sabbath, but I'm careful to not overdo it in one thing or another. But yeah, I, I really try to fill my day with things that I know will bring me a lot of joy A lot of life, a lot of really good food, a lot of like hanging out with people I love and enjoy and want to get to know better. Spending time outdoors is a big one, if possible. And then I also really try to limit technology on Sundays. And I don't like I know everyone is different. Everyone has a different job. My job is a desk job in front of a computer pretty much every day, all day. So I'm constantly looking at a screen, constantly on my phone on my laptop and Sundays I've realized are just a great day to put that aside if possible and I sometimes I do freelance graphic design things outside of work but I used to do that on Sunday because I had the whole day after church but I've really toned that down and actually have decided not to do that kind of work on Sundays just to give me more more margin so I'm able to rest In a different way where I have like six other days to do that kind of work. Right. And I can just really rest and lean into that on Sunday.
0: Yeah. Can we talk about technology for a couple minutes? (laughs) How How do you handle that besides trying not to be on a screen? How do you handle it and how do you create both proper boundaries and expectations with it? Especially in such a technologically driven culture.
1: Yeah, this is hard huh. <laughs> because nowadays, like everyone has a phone, a Wi-Fi, a laptop, TV, computer. I mean, technology is just all around us. And I think a big thing with technology is it's often paired with distraction in a lot of ways. Um, it doesn't always have to be, but I think, you know, when I'm on my phone I often scroll through social media, which can just be a big black hole if you're not careful about being intentional of how much time you're spending, how long you're scrolling, even things like answering emails or, you know, all the allurement of entertainment, Netflix, you know, all of those things. So I think technology is also a gift from the Lord, but I think it has to be stewarded in a way where we glorify the Lord through it. And Sabbath is a really great day to kind of have a reset of that in the middle of our busy schedules and busy weeks where we can maybe put technology to the side that day where I have some friends who don't look at their phone, don't even turn on their phone for the whole day of Sabbath because they know they just don't want the distraction. They just need a break from it. So that's one way to do it. I don't turn off my phone, but I'm trying to be very intentional to not look at it. And then especially with my laptop and any additional work outside of my day job, I'm really intentional to not do that on Sabbath. So I have those boundaries set up for me. But again, this looks very different for everybody. So I think it's also knowing yourself and knowing what would be best for you in your season of life. And then also realizing like what your job is, because not everyone is around technology for their job. But especially if you have a job where you are surrounded with those things, I think even being more intentional
0: is really, really helpful. At least it's been for me very helpful. Yeah, for sure. It is so tricky because there may be some out there who are going to go the same spot where I go, where I'm like, there's a component to our devices, to our phones where there's a safety aspect, Mm -hmm. right? Like I don't want to be out driving somewhere and have something happen and I have no way to call for help. Right. I I don't want to get in a situation where there's an emergency and nobody can reach me. So I'm like, how do I, how do you balance that? Right. And I think that you just gave us some really good ideas of like, you don't have to necessarily turn your phone off or put it in a drawer or put it away, but like there are ways that you can be on it less, Mm -hmm. be on your screens less. I know I have put my phone on do not disturb on days where like I just want to rest and take it easy where I may look at my phone for something, Mm -hmm. but at least I'm not getting distracted by all of the notifications that are vying for my attention. Yeah, And the people who would need to get a hold of me in an emergency, their notifications will come through even on do not disturb. So I think that there are some ways that we can be really intentional about even how we set up our devices so that we're not as distracted by them, especially on a day where you're really trying to pull back. Yeah. And two other thoughts coming off of what you just said came to mind.
1: The one is that This is so crazy to me, but I did a little bit of an experiment when I read this book first. And one of the things that they talked about in the book was if you want to try to look at your phone less, put it in black and white mode. Mm -hmm. So I did that maybe for a week or two. And in the middle of changing it from color to black and white. I'm also in a rhythm of sending my screen time each week to one of my roommates for accountability purposes to see like what apps have I spent the most time on? Where do I need to cut back? You know, just the reality of what my screen time looks like each week has been very eye opening. So that's the one thing that I would say if you really want to try to limit your screen time and know how much time you're spending on your phone, that's a great way to do it. Get an accountability partner. So I was doing that before changing my phone to black and white. And then when I changed it to black and white and you know, sent her my screen time, my hours went down drastically for how much I was on my phone. And even in just that little switch of color to black and white, again, it's very scientific. And I think it does something to our brains where we're not so attentive to look at our phone a lot. Because with color, you see those red notifications and you are very quick to go on your phone. But when it's in black and white, you're just not as quick to do that. Right. So, and I don't know all the science behind it, but it's very fascinating to me. And it, it really did work. So yeah, those were just two things that came to mind when you were talking.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And it's interesting too, because... I'm thinking about that going like, but I enjoy the beauty of photography and other creative things. Like I don't want to totally put my phone on black and white, but what would it look like to do that one day a week? Right. Like the one day when you are saying, I want to limit my technology and my screen time, what would it look like to just go into your settings and say, just for these 14 hours that I'm awake today, I want to be in black and white. And then tomorrow morning, When we hit the ground running and we're back at work, we can switch it. Totally can do that. Again, not biting off more than we can chew. Yeah, baby steps, baby (laughs) steps, exactly. Okay, so one thing that I know to be true is that there can be a lot of misconceptions Mm -hmm. surrounding the Sabbath. I'm curious what misconceptions you have had to overcome to get to this point of implementing some of these things in your life.
1: Mm.
0: Yeah, so... The one thing that
1: we've been talking about, how Sabbath looks different for each person, I think that is very true. And just to not get tripped up by that fact that like my Sabbath might look different than somebody else's, but know that we're all on the sanctification journey Mm -hmm. to become and look more like Christ. So, you know, it just will look different for each person and every person has different convictions and that's okay to lean into that. Uh, So I think that's one thing. I think something else uh, that I mentioned earlier about Sabbath being a gift has to do with, you know, sometimes I'll have questions or people will ask me about Sabbath and legalism and feeling like you have to do it or you need to do it as a Christian and kind of feeling more bound, like you're not free to actually live out a, a day and like having a day be Sabbath and do it well, but you feel like you have to. And part of me kind of believed that growing up of like, oh, like I'm a Christian, I have to do this. But in reality, again, like if we look at Sabbath as a gift from the Lord, knowing that he knows us best and he gives us this day of rest for our good, then I can be free to really lean into that. And I think the Lord wants us to flourish and live our lives for His glory. And I think choosing to intentionally have a Sabbath day every week is following that rhythm of creation and really leaning into what the Lord has for us. So that's been really impactful for me. And then again, just making sure that I'm not wasting my Sabbath, but I'm really being intentional about my time, even when I'm resting. Um, And some days I feel like I have a great Sabbath, and other times I'm like, well, I just blew that whole day, <laughs> and that's like not how I wanted it to go, but then it just gives me this beautiful opportunity to realize that I'm not perfect, mm. and none of us are, and we all make mistakes, or we don't have great days sometimes, and it just reminds me of the gospel and brings me right back to that, knowing that I'm not enough but that's okay because Christ was enough for me and that's a beautiful place to be. So, yeah, thinking about sabbath in that way has been really impactful and has helped the misconceptions of, you know, legalism and all that kind of thing
0: too. Yeah. It's almost like, I don't want to use the word fail, but that's the <laughs> word that's coming to mind. Like right. it's almost like failing at your attempt to sabbath yeah. is like a further reminder of your dependence on the Lord right. and his grace. That is so true. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything that you do on the Sabbath that you don't do any other day of the week? Ooh. Um. I mean, sometimes
1: I try to sleep in okay. and give my body a little bit more rest. So that looks a little bit different than the rest of the day. I mean, sometimes on Saturdays, I'll also sleep in. Sure. Uh, but then knowing that I want to rest, which like on the Sabbath, and that includes physical rest. Mm -hmm. So I'll try to sleep in a little bit. But also on the Sabbath, on my Sunday, I don't work. So I have more hours in the day to do things that I wouldn't normally do
0: outside of work. Yeah, which is great. Yeah. I just think that there is something that is really profound about switching it from I don't do X, Y, and Z on the Sabbath to... I get to do this on the Sabbath Mm -hmm. that makes it something that we can look forward to Yes, and Uh, feel like less of a chore because in some ways I think that is what the misconception is, right? That, you know, this is just like something you have to check off the list. Mm -hmm. But what if it was something that we got to do? Yeah. I love that perspective because it really is something that you get to
1: do something that the Lord gives us and we get to choose if we want to do the Sabbath or not. In a sense, but then also, I think as a Christian, you know, like we do have a choice in life in general, we have choices, but I think this is something that he does command in the 10 commandments. So there is that tension as well.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, for (laughs) sure. It's a lot to work through. It really is. Yeah. (laughs) As we close, just to kind of sum this all up, I would love for you to answer the question what does rest look like? For you? Yeah.
1: Rest for me in thinking about the Sabbath, I truly do want it to become a lifestyle and not just one day a week where I'm in this mindset of rest and worship. Not that every day will be a Sabbath because that's just unrealistic and not how it's supposed to be, but I really do think that I want to live out all my days from a sense of rest and worship or Another way to say that would be like out of peace and gratitude Mm. because I think when we worship the Lord, it does move us to a place of gratitude and just gives us a lot of peace for Mm. whatever might be happening in our lives. So thinking about the Sabbath, just to see things from a different perspective and be grateful for where the Lord has me, for what he's blessed me with, and how that can overflow into other people. And Thinking about rest and like what rest means to me, if I could have like a perfect Sabbath day, there's like a few things on my mind where, you know, I would sleep in in the morning and then go to church where there's lots of fellowship, lots of friendships there. Reading the Word, being in the Bible, prayer, all of those things are just so, so good to have on the Sabbath because it just again brings you to that eternal perspective of why we're really here. Mm. But then, like I said before, with having some extra hours on Sunday, I would just do as much as I can to fill me with lots of joy, mm-hmm. <laughs> which I don't want to sound like a selfish thing, but I it's really from a place of I know how the Lord has wired me and I really want to lean into that. So whether that's doing a workout in the afternoon, definitely trying to get outside and be in the sun because sunshine is amazing and and it can do wonders for your mood. So I would try to do that. I love creativity and being creative. So whether that looks like painting, watercolor, um, graphic design is like my main thing that I do in my job. So it's on a computer. So sometimes I like don't do that on the Sabbath, although I love it. But yeah, I would maybe read. There's so many books I want to read. Practice the piano. I'm still doing that, which yeah. is so fun. Yeah. yeah. And then another thing that's a little controversial that I do on the Sabbath. Oh, please.
0: <laughs> Go into the controversy.
1: I love baking and cooking and mm-hmm. especially finding some new recipes or some old favorites. Mm-hmm. So I actually do bake and cook on the Sabbath, which I think for a lot of people, they view that more as a chore. Mm -hmm. And so they put that on like the Saturday to-do list or throughout the week. But I've just kind of grown to know myself that it brings me so much joy to bake and cook and be in the kitchen. So I do intentionally do that on the Sabbath, but I think that's okay because it does create this joy in me where I'm just having so much fun in the kitchen, making something new. So I think we just kind of have to know ourselves in that regard and know that that's okay. And I, yeah. and I love doing that. So I really lean into that. And then I think the last thing that I would say is just ending the night with really good conversations with my roommates. Mm. Um, I live with two ladies right now, and the three of us have been getting to know each other better over the past three years living together. And it's just so good, again, that whole concept of community, friendships, being around people, that really brings so much joy. Just telling each other about our days, how we can pray for one another, filling each other in. So I think that's how I would end the day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. For sure, I appreciate your honesty in that, and letting us kind of see a little bit of your individual personality and the way that God has wired you. Because I'm thinking back to something you said at the very beginning was when you were growing up, nobody mowed the lawn <laughs> on the Sabbath. Yeah. and there may be some people who love yard work. Yeah, and that just brings them joy. And I can just picture somebody saying like. My time to mow the lawn is my time between me and the Lord. Yeah. And that could be such a beautiful Sabbath activity, just in the same way that you find so much joy and life in cooking and baking, where for me it's just one of those repetitive tasks that has to be done every week where like right. it feels like work. Mm-hmm. And the fact that we're different in that way is what's so beautiful about it. Yeah, absolutely. So, mm-hmm. I yeah, I just really appreciate your honesty in sharing and thanks so much for kind of unpacking how you've been impacted by that book and the podcasts and I really hope that it is just providing some practical ways for all of us to be thinking about what Sabbath and rest could look like in our own lives. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being here, Laurels. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Pursuing Life. Be sure to subscribe so you don't miss any upcoming episodes. You can go to Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you listen to podcasts and click the plus or follow button. This way you'll always stay up to date when new episodes release. We look forward to meeting you back here next time to hear more ways God is at work as we pursue life in Christ together. Until then, have a great week.